0: Hey there, this is Pastor Cory, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey guys, Josh here. We're jumping into the final episode of our Good News series. We are talking about good news for the rest of 2020 and we're closing up this section today. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about good news for Christmas and we want you to join us for that and then for our good news talk next week as we look ahead to 2020. But today we're highlighting good news about the good news. Yeah, you heard me right. That is what we're talking about today. As we think about this good news that we've been talking about over the course of the last five weeks, what is the good news about the good news? You want to hold on and stay a part of this discussion. We thank you that that you can join us and that we can be together, although we're in a lot of different places, to worship through this exciting announcement about the good news for Good news. So, what is the good news we've been talking about? Well, we've been sharing good news from our community, from our church, and the good news that comes from the Bible. Yes, the Bible is all about good news. The main theme of God's Word is the theme of good news. He loves us so much that Christ died for our sin. He rose again from the dead so that we all could be saved. That's it. That's what we've been looking at each and every one of these sections over the last five weeks. And if you're a regular part of Branch Life, there's been powerful truth that we've shared that not only is an encouragement to us when we realize and accept the good news, but it's also challenging us today, saving us today, and will save us in the future. So we sing our new song, For God So Loved. We're reminded about John 3.16, where we think about uh, God loving the world, that he He gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish and have everlasting life. And all of this gives us hope for today, in 2020, during a pandemic. We can have joy and peace through hard times because of this good news. And then we we get to share it and tell other people about it so that they can have hope too. You know, one of the most challenging things about what we're going through as a culture and as a world right now is the absence of hope and the real presence of anxiety and fear. What would happen if I get sick or if a loved one gets sick? What is going to happen to my business? Who's gonna run the country and make the decisions for the future? And if you don't have hope, hope in a God who loves you, then your hope is based on something That will probably let you down. Here's the good news. God will not let you down. Now, we've been talking about this good news. So what's the good news about the good news as we wrap everything up? Well, there is some incredibly good news about the good news. And we're going to have a discussion all out of the book of Romans today. So if you have your Bibles, run to Romans. We're going to do an overview of it, this entire book. If I asked you a question, hey, what's Romans all about? You, you may or may not have an answer to that question. If you stick with us today, you will. And we're going to look at that in a little bit because Romans gives us the good news about the good news. One of the coolest books in the Bible full of all kinds of truth and theology and stuff that will make you think and stories and challenges. And the book of Romans is, is the Apostle Paul's kind of biggest summary of the good news and he dives deep into some incredible stuff that we are still trying to know and understand today. But there's a really important reason that he wrote this letter, that the Holy Spirit inspired it and gave it to all of us to have. And if you go to Romans chapter 12 in verses 1 and 2, you have one of the most famous famous verses from this book. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 it says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Now, if you've grown up with the Bible, this probably carries some significant meaning to you. But if you're looking at this for the first time, you're going, what's so amazing? What's so incredible about that verse? This verse comes right in the middle of the book of Romans, towards the second half. And the good news about the good news is, is there is a therefore. Let me say that again. The good news about the good news is that there's a therefore. You see, when we remind ourselves about the good news, God loved us. He loved us so much that he sent Christ who died for our sins and rose again so that we could be saved. That's what everything in front of Romans chapter 12 is about. The first half of Romans is all about the good news. And we're going to look at that in a second. The second half of Romans, from 12 to the end, is all about what we do with it. Because Jesus died and rose again, because God loves us, because he saves broken people like you and me, because I have been born again, therefore, there's this incredible announcement that comes on the second half of this. So let's understand this together. We're going to jump back in this verse. We're going to take a quick crash course in the book of Romans. So start at the beginning. Romans chapter 1. All right. Romans chapter 1 right at the very front of the book it says, for I, Paul. Now let me, let me remind you who Paul is. He's the writer of Romans. Paul was somebody who hunted and killed Christians until he met Jesus and Jesus personally gave him the good news that God loves him, that God came to die for his sins, and that he could be saved And Paul was miraculously saved and he became someone who persecuted Christians to someone who preaches uh, the good news. He was someone who killed Christians. He became someone who who was himself a Christian and walked with God. He's now a preacher of the gospel, of the good news. I, Paul, am not ashamed of the good news. So he's going to start talking about this good news in the rest of his letter for This good news is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now here's the big reason Paul is writing this book. This is the whole point he's putting pen to paper or quill to parchment. He is writing this book because everyone needs to hear the good news. First the Jew and then the Greek. You see, Paul was Jewish. So was Jesus. So were all the apostles. And the gospel, the good news, was spreading out from Jerusalem and it was going to other places like Rome. And Paul was the missionary. Paul was the guy who was taking the good news to other people beside the Jewish people. In Rome... There was a time where the Jews and the Greeks were together and there was a lot who believed and they would be in a, a, make a form a church together. The emperor of Rome kicked out all the Jews for like a period of five years. Well, the Greeks, they kept worshiping, they kept being the church and they had their own kind of thoughts and traditions and kind of got some customs in there and they the, some of the stuff that the, the Jews were doing, they just really didn't do anymore. And, and then all of a sudden the Jews were allowed to come back Rome and these two races, these two nations came back together in one church. And they started to tell each other they needed to do things different. No, we gotta do it the old way. We are gonna do it our way. You shouldn't do it that way, it's wrong. No, our way's right, your way's wrong. You're old-fashioned, you're too contemporary. Why is the music so loud? And they would start fighting with each other, and Paul is writing to this church where Jews and Greeks were fighting, where they were not getting along, even though they were a part of the same church. And he's writing to them about the power of the gospel for salvation to everyone who believes. You see, what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to bring the church together in unity. His point in the book of Romans, and the whole reason he wrote this book, was for the sake of church unity. The book of Romans is about unity in the church. Now, this raises some incredibly powerful questions that we should ask ourselves today. We don't have time to go through all of this, so I'm going to ask you in your groups or in your worship sites or around your dinner table at the end of all of this to discuss some questions that come from And one of the questions you're going to discuss is what is the church? And I would tell you that today in America, we have a really misconception of what the church is. Somewhere along the way, we started naming buildings churches. You have that Calvary Church, and you have that, that first church of Pottstown, or that second church of, of uh, Delaware, or, or the church of Philadelphia. And, and all of a sudden, we've named these buildings churches. Well, the church is not a building. The church is not a a worship gathering on Sunday. You actually can't even go to church. You see, the church is a group of people. Once you have accepted the good news, you are now a part of the church. You don't go to church. You are the church. And then the church worships together. It's one of the most powerful things that we've realized in 2020 is that the church never closed. The church is continuing to be the church and we are the messengers and the bearers of the good news of the gospel. We're going to talk about the good news about the good news. And and this is what Paul was reminding these people. You together are the church and you're unified and you should be because if anything has the power to unify, If anything has the power to solve disagreements, to bring people of different races, of different cultures, of different nationalities, of different political parties, of different ideologies together, it's the gospel. If anything has the power to unify, it's the gospel. And the church, the church of all places, must be a picture of unity. We have beauty in diversity and unity in the gospel. And the book of Romans, all of this theology all of this truth, all of this philosophy, all of that is written so that we could be unified, not so that we could divide from one another, but so that we could be stronger together. Look what he says at the end of the book, right towards the end of Romans. He says, live in such harmony with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I don't like that we're all spread out during the pandemic. I mean, we have people worshiping online. We have people worshiping in worship sites, red sites, yellow sites, green sites. Some of us are in a gym. Some of us are in living rooms. Some of us at our campus. But that's how it has to be right now. That's the safest thing to do. And we are we are still though we are spread apart, able to worship, to be together with one voice for the glory of God. Because the church is not a building and the church is not a service. The church is people unified together. Have you ever tried to do a project by yourself that you should have done with somebody else? You, you know, uh, those saws that people have and they stand on one end and on the other end and there's this big handle and you move it back and forth and back and forth. Have you ever tried to use that by yourself? I have. It doesn't go really well. It starts to wobble and it's not, it's not working and you get real tired real quick. But you put a partner, you put a friend on that other side and you start sawing that saw together and it's incredibly more powerful. The point that Paul is making to us as a church is that when we are unified, when we are together, we are incredibly more powerful. Some Christians say, hey, I'm just going to do my Christian thing by myself. I don't need the church. I don't need to be together with the church. I've been hurt by the church. It's been something that's happened in the past. Listen, You are better when you are unified as a church. You are stronger. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says three are stronger than one. Imagine when it's 50 or 100 or 1,000. And when the church has been unified, there has been dynamic, powerful moves of God that have been made around this world. And a unified church is a powerful church. At Branch Life, we say it like this, we are better together. We believe that at the core of who we are. And Paul, when he preached in Romans, when he wrote this book, he was writing it to to different races, to people of different opinions. When the bigger the church gets, the more opinions you're going to get. And he's saying to these people, listen, we are better together. Here's the good news about the good news. The good news brings us together and it causes us to be stronger together. In the second part of this message this morning, we're going to look at three ways we're better together as we go to the second half of Romans. We've already looked at the good news that is explained through chapters 1 through 12, but we're going to see three ways that we are better together. And I want to prove it to you. I want to show it to you out of the book of Romans. All right, we're jumping in. As I promised, we're going to talk about three ways that we are better together. Remember, we're doing a crash course on the book of Romans. We have seen the good news about the good news. The gospel, the good news is a unifier. It brings people together a Different races, of different cultures, of different ideologies, and it makes us stronger. And so, when Paul is in Romans talking about the good news in chapters 1 through 12, he goes deep into theology. He teaches us some amazing things about how the gospel works. Well, he then goes on in verse 12 with this incredible truth, the therefore. And he says, Because of all those things, because of the good news, therefore, here's what's going to happen listen this good news doesn't just save you, it is saving you. It's not something that happened to you in the past it's something that's happening to you to now and the good news changes everything today and gives you hope for tomorrow. so therefore because of that good news, brothers, by the mercies of God present your body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable because it's your reasonable act of worship. Because God did that for me, I am logically and reasonably going to give him everything. I'm going to say, God, I'm yours. I'm going to give you my today. I'm going to give you my tomorrow. I'm going to give you my life, my breath, my talents, and my skills. Because it's, it's reasonable. You wouldn't be alive, and you wouldn't have eternal life without God. You'd still be broken. You'd still be hopeless, but now you have hope with God, so now I give him everything, and here's what happens in the rest of Romans. In verses 2 and 3, it says, because of that, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may be able to discern what the will of God is, what his good and acceptable and perfect will is. You see, when you offer your body a living sacrifice, you gain, because of the good news, a new superpower that is amazing. You can tell the future. You can tell what God wants you to do. And when you know the will of God, when you're in the will of God, you're in one of the most powerful places. So as we transition from Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 to the rest of the book, let me ask a question. Why should you keep listening? What is God's will for you? What's the future that he wants for you? And why does the rest of this matter? Listen, we're gonna look at three ways we're better together and I can tell you right now that God's will for you for the rest of 2020, for the rest of 2021 and beyond is that you would be engaged in your church. I am not trying to be self-promoting here. I am telling you that it is better when we are together. And that's what the book of Romans is all about. We're going to see specifically three ways, the three therefores, that we're better together. And let me just give you a little preview and, and encourage you with this. We're better together in our care. We're better together when we do life together. For those that have disconnected from their church during this pandemic, that's a huge mistake. For those that have leaned into the church and leaned into their relationships, even virtually, with the small groups, you've seen some powerful life-on-life connection. My family has been incredibly encouraged by our small group. Shout out to the North Coventry small group. I'm talking to the Brutons and the Stricklands and the Canalsas. I'm talking to that group of kids who love getting together in a safe way during the season. We check in with each other on Zoom. We pray for each other regularly. That's been a powerful source of, of strength for us. And it's available to everyone when you engage in your church. It makes you better together. It also makes you better together with your fruit. You're able to have more joy, more peace, and more hope. Hey, some people have given up on the church because they've been hurt or it's been a waste of time. But when you dig into a deep relationship with God through the church, that's His design. That's His plan A. Your fruit is doubled. It's multiplied. It's strengthened. And so it is true then of those that have stayed engaged with the church that others have approached people who are part of Branch Life Church and said, why are you okay? What do you think about this? It's causing me so much stress, but you seem to be all right. And we are reminded of things like God's promises turn our problems into opportunities and we can share that with others. And that leads us to the third way we're going to see that we're better together in Romans. And it's played out for us as well in 2020. We're better together as citizens. God calls us to be bright salt and br- uh, bright light and salt in this world, and that's why for us it's huge high praise when someone says, "Why is Branch Life always there when there's a need in our town?" In the Pastel Mercury. That's why we wrap our arms around families that lose their homes in an apartment fire. That's why we look to feed families during uh, this, these holiday seasons and bring gifts to the area children in need. And listen, we can't do that by ourselves. I can't do it by yourself. You couldn't do those things by ourselves. But together, we are better. And so the instructions that follow this good news are powerful predictors for what our lives can be. When Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly, he called us to do life together. So let's jump into these three ways that we're better together. We want to show you this is coming from God's word. We're going to start with our our first way we're better together, and we're better together with our care for one another. You know, the Bible uses a term over and over again, one another. And in Romans, there is one another statements all over scripture. One of the powerful things about a united church is that we are better at caring for one another no church is perfect and often where there is close proximity there's also uh, close pain but what should mark us as a church is our ability to care for one another and strive towards this we are gifted by God to serve one another when you accept the good news you get spiritual gifts and Romans chapter 12 verse 3 through 8 tells you what some of those are and then you use those gifts to help other people we love one another. And the Bible says that we should be marked by our love for one another. Other people should know us because we're so incredible at loving one another. That's what unity does. We see differences. We see difference of opinion, but love covers. And then we give to one another. We should be marked by generosity. We outdo one another in showing honor. You're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. It should really be the hardest argument we have is how we can ar- better honor one another because we get to think about others before ourselves we are we live in harmony with one another this is repeated multiple times in the book of romans because of the good news we can live in harmony with one another not judging one another i'm right you're wrong not but welcoming one another and instructing one another let's learn together and move forward stronger. We get to be better at care. At Branch Life Church, we believe that one anothering, uh, the, the, the biblical pattern for care is a biblical pattern of one another. You should be, as you connect deeper into the church, connecting deeper into relationships, doing life together, and caring for one another all along the way. We live this out in our small group setting. Hey, I already bragged on our small group, the North Coventry group, and how it's been personally so important to me. There's a lot of groups that are formed and are forming as a part of branch life. Uh, we're putting, men's groups are meeting. We're working on a women's group that meets during the day. We have uh, family groups and geography groups and young adults and college kids. And, and we have all kinds of groups that are getting together. And these groups have been spectacular in loving one another during this season. And, and those that have leaned into these groups have seen some incredible encouragement, and have been able to reach out and encourage others. We live out love for one another, generosity, meeting each other's needs, walking through grief together. For those that have had financial difficulties, the group have come alongside single moms that are just trying to get by during the season. The groups have provided meals and groceries for those that are quarantined or unable to get out because of high risk levels. These groups have been able to interact with encouraging texts and and Zoom calls and check-ins throughout this entire series. This This is what's been happening with the groups, and they've stepped outside of their group and been able to love neighbors and to love friends and to pray for each other's ones. That's why a group is so important because it allows us to love one another and care for one another in a better and a more powerful way. A lot of people think that if I go to a church that it's my pastor that's got to care for me. Or it's this leader over there that's got to walk with me or or come beside me in difficult times. And pastoral care is important, but a better care is when we care for one another. The pastors and the shepherds exist To equip us for the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is loving one another. It is better when we care for one another. We're going to see this explained as we continue in Romans. Looking at how this is explained about us being many parts but one body. And it's summed up in Romans chapter 12 and verses 4 through 6. For as in one body we have many members. And the members do not all have the same function. We all look different. So we, though are many, are one body in Christ, and we individual members of one another having gifts that differ in accordance with the grace given to us. One one body with many different functions, uh, many parts coming together to form one body and being able to be better together. The second way that we're better together is we have better fruit. We have better fruit I don't know if you garden at all, but we garden at our house and we've been trying to grow tomatoes the last couple years on in pots out on our deck. And it just frankly hasn't gone very well. The best time that we had strong, a strong garden with tomatoes and we had a big plot of land and we were able to plant those things out in a garden and one right next to the other. Seems like that when we did one plant in this pot and one plant in that pot and one plant in that pot, it just didn't work. But for some reason, when they were all together in the same garden, in the same soil, man, that fruit would really just ripen and grow. And it it mattered. It made a difference. When we are together in unity because of the good news, we have better fruit. You will have, as a part of a church, when you stay connected to the body of Christ, joy and hope. That's going to be able to, to be a mark of who you are as a believer to be joyful, and to have hope. And we as Christians in 2020 have all the reason to have joy and hope. I think God is up to something and God is up to something great. And we can be upset about the changes in our world, about school being taken away, about not being able to sing all together in a big room, about what's happening in our workplaces, about masks. We can get all riled up over these things, but as Christians, we don't have to because God still sits on the throne, because he works all things together for good, because he saved us, and he sent his son, and he cares about us, because he makes us stronger together. So I have hope for tomorrow, and there's joy in that hope that God reigns and sits on his throne. We can be patient then in tribulation. No matter what hard times come, we know we will get through this, and listen, we will get through this. That's the good news about the good news, God is in the process of healing a broken world. We're gonna get through this and we're gonna get through whatever's next and God will continue to sustain us and then we are constant in prayer, talking to that God who's got it all figured out, generous with the needy. What do you do now in 2020 if you don't know what to do? Let me tell you what to do. Help somebody. Give something to someone. Feed a family. Uh, Give some money. Spend extra time serving. And do something for someone else. It marks us. And we're better together. Here at Branch Life Church, we want to supply some Thanksgiving meals for some needy families. So the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, if you want to drop off food, we're going to be forming Thanksgiving boxes for people. Why? Because we want to be generous with our community. So like us on Facebook if you want more information. Or follow us on Instagram. You can see about that project coming up in the next few days. And then we get to seek to be hospitable. Uh, what's mine is yours. What's, what I have, you have. And pure live a pure lifestyle. Life is choices and they have consequences. And God tells us how to live. And that lifestyle is, is good and healthy and the best. So it's summed up in Romans like this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We have better fruit because when we have the Holy Spirit, we have the fruit of the Spirit. We, because of the good news, walk in the power of the Spirit and not in our broken flesh. And we have better fruit as a result. Now, the last thing that we have that's better because we're together from the book of Romans is we are better neighbors. We are better neighbors together. You see, Christians, the church should make our community and our civilization and our neighborhoods better. That thing about uh, planting your roots deep in Christ and then being able to reach out in the book of John, in the book of John, talking about having Jesus and being a branch, the life of a branch connected to Christ and reaching our world means That we have better, provide better fruit, shade, and shelter to the world around us. If I'm more joy-filled, if I'm more patient, if I'm more kind, and I'm self-control, that's going to be better for my neighbor. That's going to be better for my community. And we're going to have a positive impact in the world that we live in simply because we're connected to Christ. It means we're better neighbors. And Romans tells us that over and over. Bless those who persecute you. It's not time to seek revenge. As a Christian, it's time to say, hey, how can I bless you? It, it actually tells us that we're supposed to feed and, and give drink to our enemies when they're hungry and thirsty. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. No matter what side of the election that you're on, the Bible says, hey, rejoice with those that are rejoicing and weep with those that are weeping. So my one neighbor that's with that one political party, they're sad, they're dejected. I go put my arm around them and I say, man, I'm sorry. I know you're going through something hard right now. I'm here for you. And that other neighbor who's happy and excited, I go, I give him a fist pump. I say, all right, man, I'm excited for you. I'm glad that you are happy about what's going on. We, we get to do that because... That's what we have when we're better together in Christ. My hope is is not in this world, but my hope is to make this world better. We care for our enemies. We obey those in authority. Man, has this been twisted. We, We have just a simple instruction in Romans chapter 13 to obey those in authority. And we have all kinds of authority over us. We have our government authority. We have our, uh, our employers who are our authority. If you're a part of the church, you have pastoral authority. What, how should we react to authority? Well, the Bible says when we're unified in Christ, we just simply obey our authority. And when Paul was writing this, he was telling Christians to obey the Roman authority that was over them, that was persecuting them, that was hunting them, and that was trying to stamp out Christianity itself. And Paul said, hey, obey the authority because that's who God has put in place. God says to love your neighbor as yourself. What you would do for yourself, do for someone else. And then he says to preach the good news to everyone. This is is what sums up the book of Romans. The reason Paul wanted the church in Rome to be unified is because Paul believed that the good news about the good news is I can give it to someone else. We've seen this over and over and over again and week after week as we studied this together. Paul says at the very end of Romans, he says, I hope to see you, passing, uh, see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped in my journey there by you. You see, Paul was traveling from place to place, taking the good news out to everyone. And so Paul was on a journey from his home in Israel to Rome, and he was planning to go to Spain for the first time. This is the trip that he was taking. But in order for the good news to go to Spain, he needed the church of Rome to be unified so that they could help the gospel move to Spain. If the church in Rome was broken, if the church in Rome was divided, if the church in Rome was fighting, they would not. Paul would not have been able to continue on his missionary journey. He wouldn't have had the support that he needs. It brings us a powerful picture. When the church has a unity problem, the gospel has a sharing problem. And Paul knew that. So Paul spent hours and hours and hours writing the book of Rome book of Romans, to the church in Rome to tell them to be unified in the gospel because he knew that the gospel had to continue traveling out to other people. When the church has a unity problem, the gospel has a sharing problem. But when the church is unified, the gospel goes out in powerful force by word and by example. You see, God loved us so much that Christ died for us and he rose again from the dead so that we all could be saved. In Paul's day, it, they talked about the Romans road. And, and in Rome, in the first part of Romans, we have the gospel explained. 310, everybody sinned. In 323, we all fall short of the glory of God and deserve death. In, in 5.8, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. In Romans 6, 23, we deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. In 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And in 10, verse 13, it says, you are now then a part of God's family, the church. This is the Romans road. What I want you to think about is something happened incredible in Paul's day. They had come up with a brand new invention, a brand new thing that had never been on this planet before. They had built a brand new kind of road. These were called Roman's roads. These roads had irrigation, and they had stones, and they had pavement. And it became possible to travel in much farther distances in a much faster time and in a safer way because of the Roman roads. And what happened is that this message started traveling down this network of roads through this whole empire. And the gospel was going from the Jewish people to the Roman people to the Ephesian people to the Spanish people because of these Roman roads. And Christians took advantage of a brand new technology to take the good news out to the people of this world. And the good news about the good news is it spreads when you have the opportunity to share it with those around you. In 2020, we have a brand new Romans Road. We have brand new information superhighways that are spreading the good news of the gospel around the world in faster ways, and greater ways. And we as a church should take advantage of this technology so that the gospel can spread like never before, so that there can be revival in our world. And even, yes, during a pandemic, God has given us a safe way to allow the gospel to go into homes to allow hope to be broadcast, to bring joy into people's lives, to stay connected as a church when we can't even be face to face. Our, Our gospel, our good news has not changed. We are still sinners. We still fall short of the glory of God, but we know that God loves us and sent Jesus. And though we deserve death, he's offered us a free gift of salvation. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved and become a part of the family of God. And we want everyone in all of the world to know this incredible news. And we'll take it down any road. Any information superhighway, we'll post it in any video or any social media platform. We're gonna live it out with our lives, we're gonna declare it with our words, because the good news about the good news is it's available to all. And it's a life transformation that takes place because of the good news. I can now live a good life and know that my security my security is forever in Christ. When the church is unified, the gospel spreads. So Let's be unified as a church. Don't let the issues of this world or the disagreements of our day divide us, but let the God of the world unite us for the sake of the spread of the gospel, for the sake of the spread of the good news, because we are better together.